Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than six years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and for providing quality math lessons for my children. So friends, if you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey friends, welcome. Well, let me ask you a question. When is an adventure really an adventure? Well, it begins with adventures in homeschooling. Today, we're going to talk about how to take an ordinary day and turn it into an extraordinary, memorable event for your family. Really? Yes, really. We are going to uh, take our homeschool day and turn it upside down. Welcome, everyone. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and this is Vintage Homeschool Moms, Episode 477, Adventures in Homeschooling. You can find today's show notes at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Look for Episode 477, and check out our sponsor, CTCMath.com. Thanks so much to our sponsors, because they can bring you quality podcasts such as this one for free. And so I want to uh, give them a special thank you for uh, continued sponsorship of our network. Well, many of you will not consider the words adventure plus homeschooling equals anything, right? That may not be a possibility in your mind. Well, think about it. What words describe adventure? And if you want to, you can stop this audio and think about it. And if not, I'm going to give you my answer. Well, for me, what makes an adventure special is the idea of mystery, intrigue, and possibilities. The possibilities are endless. So many of us get bogged down. Okay, we're, we've got a fourth grader or a fifth grader. Oh, oh, no, we need to get serious now because my child's in high school. Well, it's like, what have you been doing the rest of the time? You, when you weren't serious homeschooling, of course we were, but sometimes we get caught up into this panic of we have to fit into this box, SAT scores and, and ACT, you know, tests are coming and are important. And, you know, maybe our kids going to college, or maybe it's a vocational training school or whatever that is, but we start to panic. And then we become the public school or private school at home. So Homeschooling is the perfect opportunity for out-of-the-box educational adventures. And yes, it will take a little bit of planning on your part, but you, as well as your children, will thank you. 
As a homeschool parent, we are inundated with well-meaning relatives that have their own opinion on how you should homeschool. And I kind of touched on this in the last podcast I did, but grandparents can be the worst. And how do I know this? Because I am now a grandparent and I've caught myself giving my daughter well-intentioned advice that was not necessarily welcome. And I have to continue to tell my husband not to do it as well because he's saying the same exact thing that he said to me. And that is, this was my husband's philosophy of education at home. He said, all you need to concentrate on is reading, focus on that and getting the kids to read really well and faith and then everything, you know, in math and that's it. And it's just like, okay, well, what about history? And what about science? And what about, you know, map skills and social studies and some of the other studies that kind of round out the more drudgery of, you know, reading, uh, writing and arithmetic. And yes, those are important. And those need to be focused on. But it also needs to come with some other things. You know, and I had my home, my chance to homeschool the way I wanted, even with my husband's well intentioned, you know, advice from time to time. And it was some of the best years of my life. And as a vintage mom, I experienced the ups and downs of homeschooling various ages with kids who were struggling learners. And at one time or another, um, I found out that with some strategic planning, we could combine subjects and enjoy our days rather than do it as a part of our duty. Or, okay, we've got this checklist. We have just got to get this done. So first, I want to share some ways to include adventure into your homeschool schedule. And then I'm going to give you like five main points of practical application. um, And basically to give you a framework of making it a possibility in your own homeschool, because we're not sitting together. I don't see, you know, the ages of your kids and can't just sit there with you and plan. Wouldn't that be fun if we could do that? But because I can't do it, I'm going to give you more of an overall framework and let you, um, you know, start jumpstart your creative processes. Some of you are super creative, others are not. And so, you know, there, there can be a meeting of the minds here with a little bit of both. So here are some ways to include adventure in your homeschool week. And the first is with the scavenger hunt. Do you have to do one every day? No. Does it have to be weekly? Of course not. But a scavenger hunt is something that is super fun that you can do. It can start out super basic, um, like just finding two things. And that second item can be a math sheet, or it can be a new book you're going to read or something like that. So it just makes okay, well, today, we're going to read this book, instead, they have to find it. And it's really fun to do. And with the scavenger hunt, you start out with different hints or clues. And then when you get to the second clue, you know, you have another clue to take you to the third clue. And then, you know, with the with the culmination of that final clue is where that item is, and they don't necessarily know what they're looking for. So there's the mystery and intrigue. The second is a field trip, even if it's in the backyard. I remember we were studying bugs one time. And so I said, we're taking a field trip into, you know, the front garden, and we are going to look at ant piles because we had quite a few of those. And so we just pulled up chairs and sat there and watched the ants at work. And then we said, you know, the kids were like, well, you know, do you think they like really sweet things? So then we 
you know, tried baiting around the ant pile with some sugar in one and salt in the other. And, you know, I just had them guess. And then we did some research. You know, the first is like an educated guess. You know, they had the question. And this is kind of like science, um, scientific method. The question, you know, what do ants like sweet or salty things? Uh, the second was a hypothesis, an educated guess. And the third was research. So then they went and researched it. And the fourth was procedure. We went back and we redid it. And guys, I'm like, soup. I don't have it in front of me. I'm like super impressed. I'm remembering all this. Tells you how many science uh, projects we did, which was a lot. And then after the procedure, you know, they came to a conclusion, they had had observation and then their conclusion. Uh, so I'm like super proud of myself today. Uh, so anyway, um, you know, that field trip can be can turn into a science lesson, it can also turn into observation of wildlife or birds, you know, and then you're going to add the binoculars and the, you know, the, um, you know, magnifying glass and some other things and the bug catchers, you know, start small. And again, you're sparking imagination and creativity. The third is map work. A lot of times we talked about different places. And at one time, um, my son-in-law worked for us and I was, you know, homeschooling the three youngest and I had to take a call and um, I was more techie than he was. And so I would, I think I still am more techie than he is, but he always teases me and says he's got an IT team now that he can go to for for help when he needs it. So I had to do something on the computer. And I said, Hey, this is what we're studying. And I knew he was a history buff. And I get back out uh, to the schoolroom, and he's got the huge map open, and they're like all laying on the floor. And you know, he's got this map out. And I just was like, gosh, I didn't even think about it. And so you know, yeah, we're studying history, but then he had the map and they were going through different places. And the kids were asking, you know, um, him about the different locales of, of things. And so I started realizing that map work was important. You know, a lot of kids can't even find their state on a map. You know, Florida's easy, so my kids always could do it. But for some of the other states, it's a little bit more difficult. And so, you know, the kids, uh, you know, start with your state and then show them, you know, the U.S. map and so forth. And they could study different parts of it. And they really enjoy the map work. Uh, The other is just different things you can do in your car. You know, parts of speech, look for all the nouns in a room, you're on a car journey, look out the window and, you know, name me three nouns, and I would have the kids take turns or, you know, count the number of blue trucks we pass or whatever that was that we were trying to learn. It was more of a reinforcement of something that they were doing or learning. The fifth was a picnic complete with a bath blanket and food, whether it was sitting in our living room, sitting up in our schoolroom, or whatever that was, it was something different. It just turned an ordinary day into something extraordinary. The sixth was review time. A lot of times I would review questions and we played this game and it was big step, little step and, you know, bunny hops and other things that I would throw in. And as the kids got older, I ended up having to write these things down. So like I couldn't just randomly say, take a giant step. I had to, you know, pull out a card that had one of these things, you know, in it. And I had maybe four or five different things that they did. And then these cards were all shuffled. 
And so I would go through and either take some of their papers, or um, I just knew what to ask them. And I started, you know, having that them do it, you know, go it up against a wall down the hall. And then I would sit in a chair at the other end of the hall. And then whoever got to me first won. And yes, someone's going to take too many steps and you need to send them back. So my big thing was, okay, there's no cheating. You know, we're going to be honest here. And if I think you're doing the wrong thing, you're going to take a step back or start at the start, you know, go all the way back to start. And if you complain with to me, it's going to go, you're going to go back a step and you have to play. And so the kids, you know, had different ways that we reviewed. And so you can start with something that is, okay, we're going to do a review and everything's yes or no and do it on a sheet of paper. And then when you change it up with a game, then they realize, oh gosh, playing a game is more fun. As far as that game goes, I have a little bit more details um, in my show notes on episode 477. All right, number seven is allow the children to ask you review questions. This helps tremendously. So when we're studying something, I would say to the kids, okay, we're done with this lesson. Now you ask me something about what we learned. And so they had to you know, with their book closed, come up with a question to ask me, you know, it's almost like Jeopardy. And so the kids, if they knew ahead of time, they would be really paying attention to the lesson because they wanted to stunt, you know, stump mom. And a lot of times we played it with dad too, who was actually better with the trivia than I was. Um, but it was really fun because it was they were asking me the questions. And, um, you know, and it was a little bit of a Uh, reverse for them. And then the eighth is to use the grocery store as an example of foods that come from various places. You can tie this into geography lessons. You can, uh, you know, do this with, okay, find things that come from outer space, for example, like a Mars bar and, you know, just different things. In our um, creation astronomy book, I think I have a whole list of things that, um, you know, were games that you could play at the grocery store that had to do with science. And specialty stores are great for this. If you have any specialty stores, a lot of world markets have things from different places. And it's just fun to go and browse and look at some things. And then if you are uh, studying a unit, I remember one time we studied uh, Greece and we went to a Greek restaurant. And yes, the kids didn't like a lot of the foods that, that they tried. You know, I loved it and so did my husband. Um, but, you know, we, uh, you know, did that. We would go eat in, at, or make the food from different locales. The ninth is to give the child a math sheet and then cut it into puzzle pieces first and then have the child put the puzzle together, tape it, and then do the math problems. I know for you perfectionists out there, this is going to be a difficult chore because, you know, the child's got a ripped up sheet of paper, but you can do this as a review sheet as well, you know, um, if that makes you feel better. But kids love that. They love to, um, you know, even draw a picture. And then you can cut it, you know, of course, make sure that this is something they want you to cut, it can be an abstract even, and then they put it together. So that's uh, super fun. Um, Then the last thing here is give the children a thinking test. For example, um, actually, this happened to me in high school, Um, we were told over and over again to follow directions, follow directions, follow directions. You guys are not following directions. And you know, maybe you've got that issue with your children. So you can give them this test. 
you're going to tell your kids that um, before you get started answering any of the questions, I want you to write your name and the date at the top right-hand corner, and then I want you to read every single question before you start filling them out. You are going to have kids who are going to start filling out the questions and not write their name or whatever. Well, number 10 at the very end is going to say something like, you know, or you can make it number five or six, whatever you want, but it's going to say something like, do not answer any of the questions. This is a test to see if you follow directions or instructions. And so when they get to number 10, as in our case, you know, um, a lot of the kids answered the questions and, you know, they, and if you make them difficult, you know, maybe something in algebra that they haven't studied yet or whatever, then it's going to be really a test to see if they can follow the instructions. So basically it's, I told you to put your name at the top of the page with the date and to read all the questions. And if you did that, you know, and then I think it even said, turn your paper over, you know, so um, the instructions were place your name at the top of the page, the date, and turn your paper over when you're when you have completed the assignment, and um, and so you know and make sure that you read all the questions first. Uh, I'm butchering that, but do you know what I mean? And again, the instructions are clearer um, on the show notes, so uh, hopefully that that does help. You know, creativity may not be something that has come easily to you. So enlist your kids. You know, you may have children that are creative or homeschool friend that you guys can sit together one afternoon, you know, um, while the kids are playing and, you know, come up with some things to, you know, still have your homeschool structure, but add some elements of fun. And continue to listen to this podcast with Vintage Homeschool Moms. I've got plenty of episodes uh, that, that uh, you know, I, I love, um, you know, being creative and coming up with things. And that's pretty much what we're doing this whole month. Now for practical application. You know, what topics are you studying? And is there a way to use creative aspects such as the ones that I shared with you? Um, uh, taking one aspect of a subject and using it for a review or perhaps a thinking test, uh, that number 10 above that I shared with you, uh, would be something that you can do with your kids. Um, another is to use um, the subject as a group study for all ages. For example, if you're studying physical science in middle or freshman year of high school, then there are other aspects that would overlap. So when my son was studying oceanography, the younger, younger siblings were studying biology. And so there were some overlapping topics that we could do together as a field trip. Um, the use of language arts or writing skills uh, can be used for fun or creative activities such as the scavenger treasure hunts. And also hands-on activities as much as possible uh, you know, enlist the younger kids to do some hands-on activities, but truthfully, uh, many of the older kids love them as well. So however you decide to include adventures in homeschooling this year, be sure to let us know if there's something that you've done that has stood out. You can go to Vintage Homeschool Moms, look for Adventures in Homeschooling, episode 477, and let us know by leaving a comment in the post. Please share this episode with a homeschooling friend. Take care. God bless. And I'll talk to you soon.
Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.